Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees Podcast Emergency Edition. RFK, Red alert. RFK Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here. Uh, we are here uh, to essentially break down the, the news that just dropped. We just got the news about the uh, roster decision day, uh, which is a big day. If you're unfamiliar with MLS rules, let me educate, let's educate you. Uh, every single MLS contract has an option. Uh, and basically it's up to the teams as to whether they exercise those options. Uh, MLS loves these options. It essentially gives them more control. If I'm the MLSPA, maybe I'm looking at the next collective bargaining agreement, a way to get rid of those. Uh, I think there was a great post. I forget the player, but he was kind of talking about how like, this is really like feast and famine for a lot of players, like players who have these option years, either, you know, either they feast and they get a little bit of a pay bump because the team likes them, or they're left out and have to find a new team. I think it was Tesho Akindele said that. Yep. Uh, somewhere this last couple days. Yep. So Tesho Akindele talking about talking about what happens with a lot of these option years. Uh, well, DC United made their decision, so we aren't here to debate the uh, validity of these rules. Uh, they they exist for right now. DC United made those roster decisions. If you haven't seen the headlines and news, uh, there are three players they have exercised contract options on. Two are probably maybe not surprising. One certainly not surprising. Uh, Two of my pick this morning is going to be the only one. So I was almost I was almost right. We were almost right. It was uh, Russell Knaus, Ted Kudipietro, and Ruan probably being the only sort of uh, somewhat surprise from that perspective. Well, I'll get into a minute maybe about what the thinking is here. Uh, players they have declined the contract option on Emil Assad. Not surprising. Eric Davis, maybe he looked okay, but he's also 31, so maybe the team thinks there's better options out there. Jose Ferrado, apparently uh, Ali Mackay was not impressed with his CONCACAF Gold Cup. Jacob Green, probably the biggest surprise on the list, I would say, of, of players whose options have been declined. Now, they, they have been options have been declined. does not mean they cannot re-sign them. Uh, they're probably, I would say I would not be surprised if Green ends up back on the roster Maybe it loud, but it is an indication that, you know, they didn't want to, they didn't feel like his option contract was worth it. So don't, don't believe it until you see the Instagram goodbye post. That's the, yes. that's the sign they're not coming back, which yeah. uh, to date we'll, we'll get to the list and then I'll tell you the ones yeah. that already exist. Uh, Brennan Heinzeich, Eric Hurtado, Andy Nahar, Nigel Roberta, and uh, Samake are the other players who were not exercise options. Donovan Pines and Derek Williams uh, are out of contract. So once you, they, I think Donovan Pines had his contract, his option exercise. Derek Williams was probably in an option year uh, when they picked him up. So they are out of contract and are MLS free agents. Uh, as you, as John mentioned, talk about the goodbye post. You already have two sort of for sure goodbye posts. Uh, both are uh, Britton Heinzeich and uh, Andy Nahar. Andy Nahar, probably the one that hits the, the close stone. I mean, there might be some others, sorry. Derek Williams posted also a couple yes. like a month ago that he was gone. So, Well, we kind of already knew that one. So, We did. I'm just saying those are the goodbyes. So let's just quickly run through people who are guaranteed to be with Houston next year. Mm-hmm. And again, of that list, there, and we'll talk about it, there might be some that we see again. But uh, guaranteed for 2024, Mattia Camboni, Christian Benteke, Stephen Birnbaum, Alex Bono, Christian Dahomey, Chris Durkin, Christian Fletcher, Jeremy Gray, interesting, Jackson Hopkins, Mahana Giazzi, Mateus Click, Tyler Miller, Martin Rodriguez, Pedro Santos, Hayden Sargis, and Luis Sabudio. So if you'll notice on there, there's lots of interesting things. Uh, defenders. <laughs> Here are the defenders on the roster. Mattia Cambone, Steve Birnbaum, and Hayden Sargis. Those are your center backs. Uh, Mahana Giazzi, that's going to be your guaranteed starting left back. Ruan, likely your starting right back pending some moves. And Pedro Santos, the he of the 37-year-old hamstrings, I believe. 
uh, backing up, hopefully, rarely, Mahanajadzi in defense. So that's uh, a young half and half. It's a very young and very old defensive backline. But uh, you, you mentioned Ruan being sort of a surprise. Andy Nahar leaving, you have to leave yourself some people. Uh, that could potentially put that could potentially play fullback. There are obviously going to be there's a 19 players so far on the roster. There's going to be major turnover. Um, what do you what do you think about that defensive situation currently? I think Akinboni as a starter is actually good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think this is this potentially. I think center back. Obviously, you basically have Akinboni and Steve Birnbaum and Hayden Sargis. Uh, if you think Hayden Sargis is ready, otherwise, there's going to need to be some. Uh, some resources in there. They do not have a lot of international slots, especially with some of the other announcements today. Um, I think there are some contracts. I think if there was an option year or they were not already under contract, I don't think you would see them back. Pedro Santos being one of them, um, you know, and uh, maybe even Mohana Jazzy. I don't, I don't know. We don't know the real like details of like how John Howe loves Mohana Jazzy and said he's like the best left back in MLS and when healthy. So he, clearly there, I don't know if he's even still employed with DC United. He may not be, he may not be uh, that much longer. We don't know anything with Alan McKay's sort of, uh, and we'll talk a little bit. This well, is not a full the, episode. But. Yeah. The, the, the one, the one positive I think regarding uh, Sean Howe's potential employment, because we love Sean Howe. He's a friend of the show. He's been on more than once. And once you're on more than once, you're a friend of the show. Yep. Green Jack. Is, is the belief in data and analytics and that Sean Howe we know has been somebody who's it's also abides by that. So, uh, but again, that's not becoming, it's becoming more ubiquitous amongst. Uh, yeah. That's less of a, that's less of something to hang your hat on now. It's like, <laughs> like, it's, yeah, it, duh, dude. It's a pretty much a defined thing. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with uh, w- w- with the front office staff. This probably will not be the last time we'll see a shakeup. We still don't even have a coach yet. Uh, but I think th- there's lots of room here. Um, Akaboni, I think right now he looks like maybe he's, you know, your, your penciled in starter here. He is still incredibly young. I think the team is going to probably obviously look for some depth there, uh, whether that's, you know, whether that's through MLS, whether that's internationally. Um, we'll see the, their international slots are, are pretty full at this point. Um, so yeah. So, uh, did you want to go next to the midfield or yep, where, let's where do midfield? You... Yep. Uh, so Russell Knauss gets his contract exercise. who had a, uh, an Ironman season for him for, for his past at TC United. Chris Durkin still in the under 22 initiative. I believe some grandfathered under 22. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Garay is interesting. Jackson Hopkins and Mateus click. Jeremy Garay uh, struggled last year in Loudon. We could bring our, I, I don't imagine we're going to have a whole special episode for Jeremy Gray, but if you talk to our next in line folks, uh, Jeremy Gray could not hold down a starting spot in that midfield when healthy. So it is interesting that this club would keep him and then get rid of, an, at least so far, uh, Jake Begrain, who who played a lot more for the first team and also is in a position of need uh, from a depth perspective. But no other real surprises there in the midfield. What do you have any thoughts particularly about that group? No, no, uh, no real surprises here. Um, I think this is definitely going to be a big year, obviously, for Jackson Hopkins um, and where he mm-hmm. slots in. I think the biggest thing for him is going to be where, what position does he fit? Is he a winger? Is he more of a box to box sort of midfielder? Where is his kind of his starting role? So uh, and he's played both internationally, right? He sort of depending on what the need was. He was playing box to box, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, looking at this roster, there, there is one coach I have in mind considering the amount of young players are on this field, and that is Oscar Pereja. As if 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 I am if I am Ali McKay, and I look at this and and because and we'll get to a minute about a player who's not on this list who I think we can go ahead and talk about. Um, according to Tom Bogart, not official yet. Uh, Gabriel Pirani will be back. They'll learn and extend the loan through next summer. 
Uh, so he gets sort of another run out under a new coach, uh, still under the U22 initiative player. So it seems like they maybe saw enough that they said, okay, we think there's something here. We're going to, you know, it was a weird time he was in the middle. We were already looking at a new coach. Let's get him a fresh off season, you know, with the team, with the club. Let's give him, you know, a fresh set of eyes. We think there's some there's some potential there. Uh, so he's another player in that sort of mix uh, who we assume will be the starter and probably have the number 10 role um, unless the team goes out and gets a number 10. Yeah, the, the thing that's always interesting about Pirani is all the, the data that came out at the end of the season. Uh, I th- was that Matt Doyle was looking at mm-hmm. that saying like, he was one of the least creative midfielders playing for the, for the amount of minutes he played in that position. So uh, new team, new opportunity, but I think I love the fact that the team says, we're not going to be pushed into a decision here on a player that did not show to be the guy who's going to lead the team and we're going to give him the keys no matter how young he is. So I guarantee that what happened likely is he had a strong season, uh, the Pan American games or strong tournament, for the Pan American games. And I guarantee that when he, when they went back to Santos and said, we're not ready yet. Santos said, okay, but the option to buy now is now three million, $2 million more. It's more expensive. You get to get this extended look, it's going to cost you. Uh, and if he, if he's great, it's going to cost you that little bit more. I, I don't, I don't care. That's great. I think that that is, a, that is a prudent move. I was nervous the entire off season about how, you know, people were very sick to just sign him. Like, you know, maybe he'll be fine. And you don't want to make a commitment to a player that scale and in a position that important to the success of the team, unless you know, you got a date first here. You can't just uh, jump in bed with this, with this guy. Yeah, I mean, and I would look at his numbers and I would say, you know, we talk about we talk about data and we're a show that, you know, I, I believe fervently in, in, you know, using analytics and, you know, it can tell you things or people out there that still say, you know, it's all junk uh, or it doesn't add up. But I think, you know, you have to recognize with data, it's not sometimes it's not going to tell you the whole story. Uh, he arrived in a very, very weird situation of a team trying to scrap its way to the playoffs doesn't really get an offseason to really learn the players system everything like that um, i think keeping ruan here maybe maybe part of that extending that option you know he's a he's a brazilian he speaks fluent portuguese to kind of keep keep him you know keep ronnie maybe give him the best you know the most opportunities under a new coach under a new system he might flourish he might look like really good um, i think certainly there was enough there to say i think he deserves another look data is not necessarily backing it up but you know, data can switch once once guys get comfortable um, and once guys once guys get better. So uh, he'll he'll be certainly one to watch this year, especially now it's re- it's confirmed he's he's coming back. Uh, forward line, let's go to that. Uh, unless you got anything else you wanted to to drop. Nope. Um, Christian Menteke, uh, Christian Dahomey, Christian Fletcher, Teku de Pietro, and Martin Rodriguez. Three Christians. Uh, three Christians. Honestly. Three Christians and a Rwan. <laughs> yes, three Christians all spelling their name differently, all different <laughs> spelling Christians. Uh, Dahomey, I think, obviously is a uh, we we he's under contract. We can't really do. I will be curious to watch what happens with him. Uh, is there a scenario in which you can tell him, "Hey, go find another club"? Uh, we, you know, you're not going to get many minutes. We've already have Ted Cudi Pietro. He's a starter over you. Uh, Christian Fletcher has been lighting it up at the U21s. He's going to get an extended look. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously Martin Rodriguez coming back. I wonder if both of them maybe. Uh, I think that's going to be, those are going to be two players to watch. I could see them saying, let's get another season with Martin Rodriguez. He doesn't have a lot of value. Dahomey, I bet you could go to South America, uh, to a club in South America who'd be willing to to take him with his sort of skill set. Um, so that'll be certainly something to watch with, with what happens with them. I'm sure if it was up to Ali McKay, uh, maybe Martin Rodriguez is here, but I think both players, if they had, if they were in their option years would be on that no option list. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're under contract, so they have to stay on here. So certainly one to watch. Uh, obviously, Ali, Mc- 
Ellie McKay will be looking forward to next year with less of that, less of that sort of predecided situation uh, in front of him. The, I think the only players sort of signed to long-term deals uh, are Birnbaum. Uh, we looked at this before. Birnbaum, uh, Jayazi, and uh, probably. I mean, obviously, Cooking Bentecker. Yeah, Fletcher. All, all the guys: Fletcher, uh, Hopkins, and now Ted Cudipietro. I wonder if that was a one-year option or a multi-year option. Two-year. 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 Okay. I think I, I'm I'm a little surprised that they didn't. I think you and, and maybe this is not what Christian, what Ted Cudipietro wants, but I'm still a little. Maybe they're exercising that option. But if I'm Allie McKay, I am already calling his agent, and I'm like, what do we have to do to get a more long term deal in place here? Like, we'll add a couple years, we'll give him a nice pay bump. Like, what do we have to do here uh, to give him a couple to give him some extra years? Because then you're you're riding that one year contract. And then he's out of contract, and yeah, you know, so I don't know. You have a national situation. We have a national situation where you uh, do not early extend any of your players, and then they all end up walking when they're free agents. And DC United has had a real long-term ha- habit of losing players for nothing. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I, we're still very early on that. I don't think he's necessarily ready to jump anywhere. Anyway, he's only played for one season, really. Uh, but as Let's, far as I think, I think if you are, I think you're DC. I think you're going to wait till after the Olympics. See if he makes that roster. Uh, his his reviews at the Pan American Games were very positive, from what I from what I recall. He's sort of maybe outside looking in on that on that Olympic team. You know, if he gets off to a hot start, if he's performing really well, I find it very hard to believe he would be left off that roster come Olympic time. If he does well this year, performs well in the Olympics, I would say there's a pretty good chance that a team from Europe is going to come sniffing along and say like. You know, we maybe want to grab this guy um, and DC would be in a position to sell because they would just have one more year left on that contract. So and maybe that's and maybe that's the benefit of like they're extending the option. And but if they get to the summer and maybe, you know, maybe he has a good MLS campaign, but maybe his, he doesn't make the Olympic team. There isn't really a whole lot of interest. Then maybe he sits down and says, yeah, let's make a let's get a long term deal in place. So one to watch uh, for sure. One of the Adams from uh, Next in Line Pod had a very interesting uh, observation about Steve or but Ted Cudipietro, and I want to make sure I find it here really quickly, that uh, due to his uh, sort of family situation, he is eligible for five different national teams. <laughs> uh, wow. The U- U.S., Germany, China, Poland, and uh, is that Italy or Mexico? Italy. Italy. So I'm hoping for Poland personally. I think I think that the U.S. might be a hard a hard buy, but Poland that'd be cool. As a, as a, as a, as my ancestral homeland or one of them. So, yeah. But anyway, so this was a, this was a day of mild shock, I think. Oh, I mean, the Nahara, a lot of these things were possible. We talked about this right when the season ended that they could go two ways here. One way would be to gut this thing to the studs. Uh, and it most likely would lead to barring a Houston Dynamo miracle season of here's half a new roster. And somehow, yes, we're also in the conference finals. Uh, more likely you're going to have another a transition year where you're struggling to to sort of put things together and struggling to make like a really deep run anywhere and it's better to be okay with that than to keep trying on these one year fixes to bring in these old guys to just get us into the playoffs and see what happens this appears to be not the plan and i i'm thankful for that i think brendan hines like is a player that that's indicative of like he's he was fine he was on good money Derek williams was on really good money but they're both proven MLS caliber starters and you could have kept them and you would have known kind of what to expect, but not the plan. I, I like it. I think it shows a lot of confidence in uh, a man himself for Allie McKay to be a player evaluator and attract new talent. 
And I think we're going to see it's going to be an exciting offseason because of that, because of so many spots that have to be filled. Look for some of those names to come back. So right now it's at 19 players. Do not expect we're going to get into the real we're not going to sign 11 new players. That would be unlikely to me. I don't think that that will happen. Some of those players will come back. Let's talk about really quickly who you think might come back. Emil Assad, come back or no comeback? No. No. Eric Davis? No. Maybe. No? Okay, I'm saying maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm a no on that one. I, th- I think, yeah, I, I'm a no on that one. Jose Fajardo? No. I'm a no. Jacob Green? I think he'll be back. I think he wants playing time, and I think he's not going to be back because they probably told him, can't guarantee that. Brennan Hunzike, obviously not back. Eric Hurtado? Not back. And Nahar, not back. Nadra Bertha, not back. Kasua Sumake, not back. Yeah. Donovan Pines. This has been like a conversation point here, I think, for a lot of folks. Before we move on quickly on Donovan Pines, the quote there from yesterday, Ali McKay was asked, does Donovan Pines uh, going to come back? He said, I don't have the quote directly in front of me, but basically was like, uh, we'll have some conversations, and if there's interest on both sides, maybe. Maybe something might work it, out. It really felt like to me that they had, they had sort of made their initial offer and the it. and pines and pines was like and pines's group was like well we're going to go explore and we'll get back to you so i think they are they are not they are not at any sort of active pursuant they're not going to actively they're not actively pursuing him is the way i took that they're not being like well we need to get a deal done I'm like do you need more money blah 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 we really want you back it's sort of like a, here's our offer we think it's fair uh maybe we can discuss a little bit if you're actually interested in coming back and i think he's I think- like and that's good. I think that's a fair deal. I think he's a talented but flawed player. Yeah. So I think he's not a player you break the bank on. I, I think I think if it is if there is a if there is a deal outside in the internet in Europe, I think he takes that. I think if he is stuck kind of in MLS, I think there's more of a chance he might be back. Uh, yeah. I think that's going to be the real. Dis- I think Europe is kind of the decider here. It's 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 that's really going to determine what what happens with him. Um, Derek and Williams, Derek Williams not back. Obviously back. Uh, I do want to talk obviously a little bit. I think the the. The most sentimental name on the people who are not coming back is is certainly Andy Nahar, uh, a guy. And I think it's sort of a a it's the team put out a really nice goodbye video uh, to him, uh, sort of highlighting you know his rise as a player. Uh, there were a lot of moments, you know, early on in this in this time. I mean, there, there was some bad there were some bad times, and Andy Nahar really was uh, a bright spot. Um, you know, I think there's no question that you know a guy a guy like Bill Hamid. Um, I would still put Steve Birnbaum in that category. I think everybody has a lot of with Steve has a lot of uh, recency bias and and just general upsetness with the team in general. Um, I think you know Steve Birnbaum has been an excellent servant to this club, and I think he is one of those players that I think once the you know the dust settles, once everything's you know done, and and he's you know finally uh, says goodbye, uh, I think there will be some. Hopefully, in my opinion, I hope. There will be some sort of some um, uh, what's I can't think of the word right now, but basically be, people are going to start to realize that he actually was a, a a really good player for this club. I think Andy Nahar for me is interesting because you know he was here for really for a short time, 2010 to he was last year was 2012, so it was two years here, and then he's really only been back for like two to three years, so really short time. Uh, so interesting that the impact he will have, and you know we talk about you know I, we're we're sort of I think finally coming up. Uh, we haven't for a while had. I think really many players that were kind of hall of tradition worthy. Uh, we have obviously Bill Hamid. He will definitely be, he should be the next one on that list. Uh, I think the team needs to, to, to induct him as soon as they can get him on that, get him on that train, get him on that list. Maybe once he announces his retirement, um, you know, he should, he should be on that wall. I think Andy should be there as well. Um, simply for, I think the, 
what he meant is sort of the team is sort of the academy, the homegrown, uh, the one of our own type of thing. I think he might be the player with like the shortest like actual tenure of games at DC who maybe made the biggest impact. So very sad to see him go. Um, I hope I hope he land wherever he lands. He is you know successful, but I, I think this is one where you kind of have to take your heart and use your brain a little bit, um, regardless of his contract. I, you know, I, ha- I think you have to look at how many games is he really going to be available. And, you know, I think, yes, we will struggle maybe to find his skill set. I would also argue that if he were like a number 10, if he were like a creative attacker, uh, you know, and his spot was on the wing and being sort of that high pressing winger, um, maybe you make an exception and allow him on the team. But I think you almost have to look like he, he's he's coming from that right back spot. Um, and I also think you would be putting him in the ring spot would maybe be taking away time from a Tech Pietro, from a Christian Fletcher, from guys that you know will be, you know, future big attackers for this club, uh, and certainly have have value there. So I think that I think the move from a from a brain perspective makes sense. It's sad to see uh, there will be a lot of upset people. I'm currently wearing his kit right now, so but wish you the best. Wish you the best, Andy. Agree. Yep. Uh, you wow. You agree. You you were uh, you were very much on the on the on the Andy train um, as far as like keeping him. Is no, I, no, <laughs> I, I, I said, I said, you can get rid of him if you get rid of everybody. You can't get rid of him if it's only him. That's true. He's not the problem, and he's showing that he's not because you're getting rid of everyone. So that was thoughts. my point. But, but thoughts. I mean, was sort of your thoughts. I want your thoughts because you mean we we got rid of. So essentially, we got rid of Andy, who's the right. We, we essentially made a choice between Andy Nahar and Ruan at sort of that right wing back position. Ruan, I think availability is the most important ability uh, right now. So that's why. I think you can't – it's a player that is talented but not available as a luxury for a team that is in a different position – or is in the position we're in. So I think it makes sense. I think he also wants to cash in. He's 30. He's going to potentially get money from somebody. Uh, and I bet he came back to us and said, we have, we have an option for you at X dollars. He says, I want Y – I want X plus Y dollars and more years. And Ali said, no, thank you. Uh, and that was that. And I think that's fair for all parties. And I'm – you know, sad that Andy's gone, but I think it's the right move. Yeah, let's. Uh, I want to briefly mention um, Christian Fletcher as well. Uh, <laughs> I think a guy who is lighting it up in the in the U twenty one. I know we've talked about this a lot. He just had a hat trick today. And he had one earlier this week too. That's six goals. In, yeah, in two, so, in two games in four days. Now again, again, this is U twenty ones. Based on some of the score lines I've seen for these games, it does not sound there's a lot of defensive ability. But again, I think it gives him. I think it gives him confidence. Uh, I think this is a guy now. I think if you're Ali, you need to find a coach to who who believes in him and wants to get him on the field. Same with a lot of these other young guys like Akamboni, Teku Di Pietro. You need to grow Chris Durkin a little bit as well. Um, I think he's a player you wanna you wanna you wanna see more out of, uh, particularly next year. And then also you bring in Gabriel Parani. Um, so. I think right now we're looking at this team. Um, you taught, called it a mix of young and old. Uh, the old is uh, the guys on the last year of their contract or entering their option years. The young are the guys who have either just had those options exercised in Tech Pietro or guys you're looking at for the next few years. So uh, you're really looking at, you know, again, we'll see what moves this team makes as far as DPs. Again, we're talking about a second DP, but you have to think that this this is, if you had to pick a breakout star from that young group, Ted Cudi Pietro was it last year. Christian Fletcher has to be it, I think, this year. Um, I don't think there's any question about that. So, nope. Um, and this is why. I mean, I, if, you, if you're like, if you're a coach, I think also this move. It, it, I think this. If I am a coach, if I am a coach uh, entering 
you know, entering entering this year and I'm looking at jobs and I'm looking at offers. I look at DC and I say, man, there's a lot I can work with here. Like there's a lot of ways we can we can sort of build this thing. Yes, we've got, you know, Mateus Click. Yes, we've got Christian Benteke, but both those players were solid to very good. Uh, so those are guys you, and those are guys who, in my opinion, have been the closest they've, they've, they've played like that. They play like designated players. Uh, you know, Mateus Click wasn't lighting up the league, but I think he was worth the the contract that we paid him. Christian Mateke had probably his best season, obviously at DC, his best season in a while. So, you know, those are guys you, you're not walking in with like a bunch of DP busts that are on there for the for the for the rest of the year. Uh, there's a lot you can potentially build this team into uh, and sort of be on that project for the next few years. Um, I think it also shows I think to me, it also with, with, with regards to Ali, uh, it shows that the ownership maybe has a lot has a lot of confidence and are willing to give him the time, because if he's th- if their thing is like, well, you need to make the playoffs this year. That is bar none. You have to do that. So you got to figure it out. Either he is being really risky and being like, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going for broke here. Either I'm gonna make the playoffs or I'm not. I'm, but this is, you know, I'm gonna do this my way. Or the team has said, look, you know, do what you need to do, get it right. You know, we're looking at, you know, a three, four year window path here. So, you know, just do whatever you do to need to get it done. Uh, I hope that shows confidence in them that they're finally saying, you know, we need to, we need to build something here. We can't just be trying to make the playoffs. Like we actually have to build an identity that the fans want. So I think that's right. Based on everything we, we, we didn't, we're not going to, we're going to end after this. We didn't get a chance to get into all the interview. Apparently, uh, Alan McKay and Jason Levy and talked to every other, uh, DC United adjacent outlet in town this last week. Uh, we hope to get to sit with some of them here in the, in the near future, but there was a lot of conversation about sort of what that looks like and what was being sought after when they signed Allie and what Dave Casper's role is. So, um, we're not going to get into that now, but yeah, that read all the read all that stuff. This is a time of transition for DC United. I think a time of hope for fans, and also I would I would caution patience. Although I think we all have it because we're so beaten down by this team over the last decade uh, that we're not expecting a lot next year. But I would say temper your expectations even more, uh, and we'll see what we get. Yeah, yeah, and I and I will say I, I don't think this negates this team from. I don't think the moves here necessarily negate no. this team for being successful. I think you know one. Teams have you talked about Houston. Team, plenty of teams have blown it up and had limited expectations, but came out of it looking a lot better than they did before. Before they had supposedly better talent. So I think I think the next thing to do is this team has to nail. You know, they they Ali has to nail the coaching hire. Um, and you know, there's a lot of coaches out there they could go with a lot of different directions they could go with as far as their coach. I'll be very curious to see who they're going with. I find it very interesting. I, I'm really hoping that. Orlando does the absolute dumbest thing and says goodbye to Oscar Perea because I want him here. And I think this is a guy, this is a guy that I think you would want maybe leading these young guys. And I think he's shown he can develop young talent. So uh, if we hire Oscar Perea, my expectations will go over the moon. I'll just say that much. Great. All right, folks. uh, I think that's going to do it. A quick little 30 minute, 30 minute pod drop. Uh, talking about the roster, uh, we will be back uh, in two weeks on Monday, and back next Friday for Patreons. And so back this will, next Friday for Patreons. if you're listening to this today, February December Friday December first, you're on you're a Patreon. Thank you for being one. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're listening to this on Monday, you could have listened to this on Friday. If you want to do that, go to Patreon.com/slash RFK Refugees and become a five dollar Patreon. Yeah, we're actually. I think I'm going to say we're going to put this out on Tuesday. We're going to give some of our Patreon listeners Tuesday. Then, if you're listening to this we, on Tuesday, we do, you we can do our a, podcast a week on Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning. So yes. Anyway, thank you guys so so much for listening. We will catch you guys uh, in a, a couple weeks. Vamos. Vamos.
Thank you for listening to RFK Refugees Podcast. Make sure you rate and review the show wherever you download podcasts. If you want to support the show, consider joining our Patreon or subscribing to our channel on Twitch. Lastly, make sure you're following us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Threads, YouTube, Twitch, Goals.tv, Friendster, MySpace, and Tumblr. Some of those are even real. Vamos. Vamos.